And now, another cup of... The London Fog. Okay, now we're going. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Welcome to the London Fog. Welcome to the London Fog, guys. It's Kate. And Leah. And we're drinking London Fogs as we record. We are. Leah had to come and take care of me because my allergies have been so bad that I had to go into the doctor and get an allergy shot or like a steroid shot to open up my ear canal because I'm deaf in my left ear currently because there's so much crap behind it. So if she seems like she can't hear anything I'm saying, that's because she cannot. <laughs> there will just be a lot of mm-hmm or eh <laughs> in this recording. But we're back. Leah's birthday is coming up. That's true. Actually, oh. my birthday will be the day before this <gasps> releases. So oh. my birthday already happened. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so At least yeah, to you. To you. <laughs> so everybody, write in an email. Give Leah a little happy birthday love, London style. <laughs> Not sure what that includes, but keep it appropriate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, how's life? Let's just have a quick catch up before we start with scandals. We're talking about scandals today. Nothing folks. scandalous has happened in my life. No? Um... Let's see what has happened. I feel like the people want to know a lot about us, so we should let them in <laughs> to our lives because we're we're practically famous. Um. Well, yeah, I, I've got nothing. I'm very tired. I'm just super excited that every episode that we're making, every time I check our like platform, mm-hmm. we're getting more and more listeners every time. I'm so excited. So you guys are like spreading the news, spreading the good cheer. I should spread the news. Well, I did. I posted it on a Facebook group. Oh, so, nice. Perfect. That'll help. You know, maybe that's why. No, I don't know. <laughs> I keep posting it on my Instagram. Not all the time, but occasionally. Being like, guess what, guys? I still have that that you podcast. Know, I... And people are all like, you haven't quit on it yet? <laughs> I know that's what happens. Actually, yeah, because I told you last week that my husband was like, oh, you guys are still doing that? <laughs> I was like... What? Shut it. <clears throat> yes. We are. <laughs> we are still here. Actually, we have a new listener because my mom is Ooh. visiting in town this weekend and she had no idea we were doing this. Really? I I definitely told her. I checked her phone and she's actually subscribed, but she didn't know. <laughs> so now she's going to start listening. <laughs> I think I... I think I put it on my parents' phone, but they probably have no idea even how to access podcasts. Yeah, she was actually like, what's a podcast? I'm like, mom. And then she's like, oh, so you guys are like doing some research? That's a good hobby. I was like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Makes us seem so studious and historical. Yeah, she thinks we're really studious. Oh my gosh. Your mom probably thinks I'm cooler than I actually am. That's sweet. She's like, oh, I'm so glad Lee is hanging out with that studious friend of hers. <laughs> Instead of doing all these acrobatic tricks mm-hmm. for weekends. Anyway, that probably made no sense to anybody else, but it made sense to us. <laughs> so yeah, so should we get started since we've... Yes, because I'm kind of afraid that... I mean, I feel like this is going to go one of two ways. Either the more I talk, this is going to like clear some stuff. Because what it is, I just have like a ton of drainage over my throat. So it's either going to knock some stuff away and I'm going to sound better. Or B... The steroid will, the ones that I have to take for the next few days, will just hit and I will just start to become talking more like this. 
Well, I did have one announcement to make. <laughs> is that it the that documentary, Queen of the World, about the Queen oh, and yeah. the Commonwealth, releases on October 1st, which is my birthday. Yay! So It's a gift from the Queen herself, or the BBC, or whoever made it. <laughs> I'm going to say If any the of them want to give me a gift, I'm happy. Um, but yeah, so everybody should watch it, because I'm sure we're going to be talking about it in a few episodes. Yeah. So, you know. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get started. Okay. We're talking scandal. Yes. Back to scandal because scandal is still. Because we love scandals. I know, and actually, even British scandals are so good. Even my music, my musician last week ended up being a scandal. It's true. (laughs) It was pretty. uh, Yeah, no. I like walked away and was talking to other musician friends about it, being like, "So in my podcast, my friend was telling me about how this old man." tried to, you know, take other people's recording and pass it off as his wife. And they're all like, oh! It's like the biggest no-no. Yeah, definitely. Just And the fact that, that the performer got no compensation, nothing. They're all like, oh, you should just be happy with it. It drew, draws more attention towards yourself. You mean you wouldn't be happy if you got the compensation? I'd be like, it's me. Okay. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Uh, now that you're all worked up. Now that I'm all worked up, hopefully I will be able to keep this voice. So I think first I have to start by how did I find my scandal? I always go to Google. Do you just Google British scandal? <laughs> and the first thing that like popped up, which I think this is fitting because last week, not last week, the previous week I was talking about the the heist, the garden, yeah, uh, the safe the deposit heist. heist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how at the very end, when I was like checking back in with it, there had been a movie made about it and that had just released. Well, I like type in like a British scandal and looking for some ideas. And one of the first things that pops up is a very English scandal. Oh my gosh. With Hugh Grant, the show that's on Amazon. I watched that. I watched the first episode and oh my gosh, it's so good. It's just a three parter. It's one of those partnerships between Amazon and BBC. And so it's so good. So good. Wait, you watched it already? I watched just one episode. Oh, okay. I was like, you found it and then you watched it all yeah. this week? That was so, yeah. Well, I watched one episode. They're about an hour a piece. So, but it came out um, just the end of June. Hmm. So I feel like right before we started this. But, so yes, that's how I found it. It's called A Very English Scandal. I've watched the first episode. It is phenomenally good. It's Definitely, like, a juicy scandal, of course. Like, a juicy story. But there's something kind of, like, dark humor about it. So, it's almost like a Coen brother film or something like Fargo. Because mm-hmm. the scandal is just odd. So, this is the Jeremy Thorpe affair. Which I didn't know anything about. Because, well, I wasn't born in the 60s and 70s and knew about yeah, this stuff. I only know... A tiny, tiny bit, and that's because I, like, watched the preview for that show. <laughs> right. So, um, I'm going to give you this side. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't watched the other two episodes, so I don't know how, like, deep they're going to get into all this or um, if some of the things will be different. So, I will tell you. I'm just happy that Hugh Grant is acting. <gasps> right? It's right. So he long. took, like, a long yeah. step back, right? Didn't he say something about it was, like, stage fright? Yeah, he was, like, having stage fright and stuff. And I read that it was, like, his first TV movie appearance in, like, a decade. Yeah. Well, and I think the last, like, anything he did was... um, Music and lyrics is the last thing I remember. I was going to say music and lyrics was... 
did he show up in the last Bridget Jones? That was more uh-uh. recent. No, he didn't. I don't think so. The, he between, I feel like music and lyrics, and then just a year or two ago came out the Florence Foster Jenkins movie. Oh, he did that. Right. Um, but that was just a couple years, so yeah. I feel like that was almost was like, like an a... eight to ten year period yeah. where he was just like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I remember that. So, anyway, just another shout out. It's really good from what I've seen. But I've only watched one episode, guys, so don't take <laughs> so my word. the other two suck. <laughs> yeah, don't take my word for it. So, the Thorpe affair. Jeremy Thorpe was the leader of the Liberal Party of Parliament who represented North Devon. And this is the affair that he had, or the scandal that arose when he started a relationship with Norman Josephy, who later went by Norman Scott. I think I'm just going to call him Norman Scott the entire time because it just makes more sense. Yeah. (laughs) He just decided to change his name at, yeah. Uh, He just decided to change his name at 27 because as you will learn, he's a little, I don't know, a little caught up in his head, a little crazy. Um. They had a homosexual relationship in the 1960s, which let's just start there. The any time before before the passage of the Sexual Offenses Act of 1967, it was a criminal offense to be a homosexual in England and Wales, and that didn't even apply to Scotland or Northern Ireland until much later. That's crazy. Well, right? actually, I guess I don't even know the history in the U.S. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know when that got that like lifted. That just seems really late to me. Right? Yeah, almost this. Although 70s. there's like a lot of laws that are like still in effect because people just haven't bothered to to go back and go look back. at it. Yeah. So I think the last one that I read that was like kind of interesting was in Missouri. Some guy killed another guy, and they found in Missouri there was still that law that it was okay to kill a Mormon. Mm-hmm. And that, like, because that had never been, like, I don't know, <laughs> abolished since the, like, 1980s. That they're all like, no, it's okay. See, like, the government gave me permission to do it. <laughs> anyway, they ended up going, like, no, that doesn't count. But, <laughs> and then having to say, like, oops, we forgot about that. Yeah, okay, so. So, homosexuality is a, a very heavy crime. It has a lot of um, heavy um, offenses that come with it. You can be locked up in jail. Um, and there's a lot of men that got caught in it especially men in political association so question yes jeremy thorpe Mm -hmm. so you know they had this affair uh so was he married to a woman or get there okay I just want to. I feel like there's a big difference between being like married to a woman and having an affair and like just being a single dude right so right now so there's just homosexual uh, homosexuality, like, and that act is a huge crime. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, three main players in there. There's Jeremy Thorpe, there's Norman Scott, and then there's Peter Bessel, who is Thorpe's, I would say, like, sensei. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, uh, he was more of the business side of the Liberal Party. Okay. And so... He was definitely somebody, they ran the Liberal Party kind of together. So Thorpe was born in 1929, and he attended Eton, great school, then studied law at Trinity College of Oxford, uh, and started, he started in 
trying to get in with the conservatives because it was the bigger, better party, but he found that this niche with the liberal party, that it was something that he really could grow and thrive. And he did pretty well um, during school. And then afterwards, he uh, was able to secure a position in Parliament. Scott. Um, Norman Scott was born in uh, 1940, and he had kind of an odd upbringing. His mom and his father divorced and he had like a relatively happy life. It's so it seemed, but he decided to leave school at 15. He acquired a pony by means of animal charity and he became... What does that mean? I know. I kind of <laughs> wanted to be like, I want to acquire a pony out of animal yeah, charity. Does anybody want to give me some charity for my <laughs> new pony? So Norman gets this pony that he ends up learning how to ride. And well, that's good for Right, the right. Pony. Uh, and then at 16, he ends up stealing a saddle and some feed to, well, take care of the pony because some place was all like, here, have a pony, well, but it's nothing. it's kind of like when you adopt, like, a dog from a shelter and they're like, we need to make sure you can actually afford to keep this dog. Somebody right. should have made sure he could afford to keep that pony. Right. So he starts already stealing things. What's he going to do? So he gets put on probation. His probation officer, who... I feel like it's one of those people that are trying to be like behind the kid and try to help him with his life is encourages him to like really study out writing and that you can make yourself through being a groomsman. And of course, like at 16, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and so he moves to this is just weird to me because I guess, well, I guess people are more into like horses in the UK anyway, because oh, yeah. I'm just like thinking like, this is a career goal back then. I guess it still I think is it's now. It's still a huge deal. Yeah, like I guess like equestrian, like riding, that's and true. It's such like I mean, all the royals do it, them. and everybody that's in like a higher class status, like you still learn how to ride. I think that's a good point. My dermatologist plays polo, and we're just in Gosh, polo. Oh my gosh, are we going to have the episode about us trying to explain polo and cricket? <gasps> yes. Yes. Okay. That's gonna That'll happen. be on the to-do. <laughs> um, so he moves to, in 1959, he moves to Kingham Stables in Oxfordshire and starts working as a, a groom in the stables. Mm-hmm. It's there he meets Norman Vetter. So we have Norman Scott and Norman Vetter. So Vetter is the one who's running the stable. And he kind of starts teaching him like, hey, if you kind of make up that you're somebody else, somebody above where you're at, then you'll get farther in life. And so at that moment, Scott's all like, you're right. So he just disconnects himself 100% from his family. He says that, that so he weird. was, you know, like born in like Austria and that his parents died in an air crash and that he is This is an orphan. why living back then was so great. Because there, you could be an orphan at any time. Well, like there's just all these stories you hear about like scandals in new identity where people just like pretend that they're somebody else like yep. you can't do that now yeah there's too much social social, uh, social media there's too much yeah footprint. like somebody will know who you really are right. and you cannot fake it no it's the truth i mean there's probably still people out there faking it but it was easier back then 
they're they're really putting in the hustle to faking it. Mm-hmm. So Scott changes everything. He starts working at the the stables. Things are going pretty well until Vetter kind of slowly starts to learn that he had an extraordinary talent for wheedling his way into people's sympathy before turning their lives to misery with their hysteric with his hysterical temper tantrums. <laughs> so this is supposed to be his like good friend and already by the age of 19 realizes that this 19 year old boy is just emotionally unstable won't take any responsibility and is slightly nuts um third player is Bessel like I said he's eight years older than Thorpe he's just like a partnership in the liberal party he and Thorpe are good friends and um have been working on campaigning and trying to keep the majority of seats in the house. He also realizes within a quick amount of time that Thorpe has no female friends and kind of lacks any interest in girls. So he kind of thinks that he might be a homosexual, but he doesn't say anything about it because really he didn't ever care. Um, They were friends. It was good for the party. So in late 1960, Thorpe goes to the stables, Kingham Stables, because that's where he keeps his horses. He knows Vetter, and they, you know, go off riding. That's when he first meets Scott. He's very taken with him, thinks he's pretty handsome, says, if you need any help with anything ever, just let me know. Mm -hmm. Which he kind of goes, okay, you know. But as previously said, Vetter quickly realizes, like, I can't handle this kid. He's emotionally unstable, so he lets him go. So, okay, so I'm a little bit confused about their ages at this point. So, um, so by 60, that would mean that Scott is just 20. Okay. And that would make Thorpe, um, about 31. Okay, okay. So, it's yeah, not- I just wasn't sure, because I didn't think, because when you said it like that, different. I was like, I know he's older, but I wasn't sure, like, yeah. how much older. So, it's like a 10-year gap. Let's just say 30 and 20. Okay. Um, so... Vetter lets him, uh, let Scott go. Scott goes to a clinic because he's suffering a mental breakdown. He stays there for a couple of weeks until he's discharged, realizing now, though, that he's got he's unemployed, he's penniless, he's homeless. And Vetter left him without his national insurance card, so he has no way of getting regular work or getting a new job without this card. So he calls up. Thorpe visits him at his home and says, hey, I'm, I'm in hardship. I need I need help. Which he says at this point is that evening is when their relationship, their sexual relationship began. And that Thorpe starts helping him, um, taking care of him, gives him, you know, some money, helps him secure uh, an insurance card, pays for all of his things. Uh, Within a couple of years, things are going well within their uh, relationship, but Scott can't help but continue to steal things. So (laughs) He just can't help it. He can't. (laughs) Um, So Thorpe goes to the police when they catch him and says, no, 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 he's recovering from mental illness. I'll take care of him, which I mean, this is the head of the Liberal Party. So they kind of go, okay, you know, um, we'll 
we trust that him into your hands. But nobody knows <clears throat> that he... That they're having a relationship okay, just okay. yet. They're just like, oh, what a nice guy. Yeah. So they go back and forth. And this continues for quite a while. Mind you, it goes on now for a few years. By 65, um, Scott has moved into Dublin. He's always jumping from job to job. He just can't keep anything. And at one point, he misplaces his luggage that has some love notes from Thorpe in it. And uh, also, once again, his national insurance card. This guy can't keep his shit together. Uh, So... After a handful of years, I mean, it's only been about, well, four or five years, uh, like Thorpe's kind of over it. He's like, this kid is unstable. He's 25, just can't keep him in bounds. I got to slowly start cutting him out. So he's all like, I can't help you this time. I can't help you. Um, Which then Scott writes a letter to his mother, Thorpe's mother, and which begins... For the last five years, as you probably know, Jeremy and I have had a homosexual relationship and which then blames Thorpe for awakening his vice that lies latent in every man and accused him of turning him into a homosexual, which Mm. Mrs. Thorpe ends up giving to her son. And he, you know, says this is not true. This kid is crazy. He's just blackmailing me. I was helping him, but... He's not liking what I'm doing for him anymore. So now he's trying to blackmail me. So he then turns to Bessel for advice and help, which Bessel kind of goes, well, crap, this is going to be bad if he gets out. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to dumb down the, the blackmailing because you're a public figure and I kind of just, I'm your aide, I'm your advisor. I'll take care of Scott. So, Bessel starts slowly just kind of giving him some money, helping him out. It's usually just five or ten pounds a week to start with, you know, just helping him get by. Or uh, he ends up giving him about 75 pounds and then saying there will be no more, you know. Helping him get a passport and all of that. Well, Scott always fades away for a couple years and then comes back. He needs more help. And now he keeps saying that you've You've turned me into a homosexual and I'm going to blow this up in the political party, which already the liberal party keeps going like we're doing well, we're not doing well, you know, and it keeps kind of going back and forth. So one, one night in December of 1968, Thorpe has Bessel come to his home and also another man by the name of Holmes. David Holmes. I was going to say, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes comes to his house. David Holmes. Wait, isn't that your mom's maiden name? No, that's my sister. My brother-in-law's last name is Holmes. Oh, okay. So my sister-in-law. Someone in in your family is a Holmes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, Sherlock jokes. (laughs) I know. That's why I was like, ooh, maybe they're related. Or when the baby would cry, we'd always say, take it, Holmes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So... uh, I got really off topic there for a second. <laughs> Bessel comes over with his friend David Holmes, who's also affiliated with the uh, Liberal Party. And Thorpe just tells them of Scott, and this is in a testament that like, comes out later, we've got to get rid of him. It is no worse than shooting a sick dog. So in December of 1968, Thorpe goes, 
he's got to die. That's the way to take care of this because he keeps coming in and out. We've paid him. Mm, he keeps coming sense. back. <laughs> right? And they're all like, and I can almost, dare I say, like, understand. It's like shooting a sick dog because, like, he can't take care of himself. He's already, like, cut himself off from his family. He has nowhere to like go. You should not say you can understand that. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Maybe not understand, but I guess I kind of have, like, an idea where, like, yeah, like, always in those war movies, if the horse gets sick or hurt, they don't let it just suffer there in the field. They shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so, at the time, Bessel and Holmes are all like, uh, you're crazy. The way that yeah, you just reacted. Yeah. Not, like, crazy, but, like, it makes sense, but we just figure you... We'll take care of something before you decide that you're going to go somewhere else and, and trust this with somebody and it'll be a greater disaster. Yeah. So, but they're starting to work towards this. And then in May of 1969, Scott gets married to a woman. And... That was a strange turn. Right? <laughs> and it had only been about a mm, little less than a year before that that... Uh, that Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, that Jeremy had gotten married. So he got married to Caroline Alpass. They were living a good life. And... They were living a good life. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if they had any children. I think one child, possibly. But, um, yeah, so it's like, all of a sudden, everything falls quiet. Thorpe's married, Scott's married, and they kind of go, we'll drop it. <laughs> of course, it's Scott, two years go by... And he comes back. Uh, the Liberal Party is not doing well. And at this time, because Scott's marriage lasted all of like six months before it crumbled. Before it crumbled. Uh, Scott goes, I'm out of money again. He goes back to Thorpe. And saying, I'm going to tell the newspapers about this. I'm going to tell everybody. They keep going, no, 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 we'll pay for it. He does go in. He goes into the police station and they're going, this sounds crazy you're a crazy man you know mm -hmm. which is unfortunate but also because he can't keep a job because everything in his life has so much flux and there's no truth to it nobody believes this part of it so they, well, that kind of makes sense they that. take the evidence but they're all like this is worth nothing and then they turn it over to the liberal party so everybody in the party now knows like hey these are statements being made that thorpe is a homosexual mm -hmm. um which they but all like, kind of look do at people really like do they really care? You know what I mean? Like, like I know that it's, like, illegal at this point or whatever. Right. But, like, is it just one of those things where it's, like, it's illegal, but, like, as long as we don't really know about it, we don't care what you're doing, or do people, like, actually care? I It's kind of that first change right over, like, a new law, because this is now 1971 in the past of, like I said at the very beginning of the, oh, was like the sexual, the 60s, yeah, yeah, it was 69, I think is what I said. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, I think by the time something really has changed in a law, people are starting to become a little bit more accepting of it. Mm -hmm. Then it gets changed. So I think people are kind of going, okay, it's not that, like, oh, it was okay that this happened, but they all look at Scott and they go, we don't really believe him and it's not going to do any good for our party. So we're just going to, it didn't happen, you know? Okay. So now kind of the party is starting to cover it up. Um, so once again, just a couple of years goes by, it's now 1973 and, uh, Scott's 
wife dies. No, Thorpe's wife dies uh, in a car accident. And he gets remarried to uh, the Countess of Harewood, who's the whose former husband was a first cousin to the queen. So it's a nice connection with that nice connection. Builds the liberal party back up. They're doing very well. Scott's living his best life. Not. <laughs> he's jumping around from thing to thing. So, and he's starting now to go and try to sell his story to the South African press. Being like, please, somebody South listen. South African? Because they were under, like, one of the commonwealths, right? Oh, so I guess it's like, well, if nobody's going to listen to me here. Here. I'll maybe just... I'll get the word around other places. Okay. So. Just seems odd, but. Yeah. So. Whatever, dude. They end up hiring, and when they, I say they, Holmes, the Liberal Party friend, and Basil get together. I love that his name is Basil. Right? <laughs> or Bessel or whatever. Yeah. They get together, and they find Andrew Newton. And he's an airline pilot who says, I'll kill Scott. <laughs> I'll kill him. <laughs> for 10,000 pounds. Worth it. No, <laughs> so they, he dresses up as somebody called Peter Keene and drives into wherever Scott is living at this point and says, hey, I'm here to protect you from a Canadian hitman. Which Scott goes, oh my gosh, that's probably true. I've been trying to, you know, get the story out there. Somebody's coming for me. But, okay, here's the thing, though. If it's not illegal anymore, why is it even a story? I think, I don't, I'm not sure. I think maybe because... Or just, in general, people still are kind of weird about things or... Probably, but also the fact that, I don't know... I mean, it is a scandal. This is a man that's married now twice to women oh, who's true. in a political yeah, so it stance. Is still scandalous. He, yeah, he's it's supposed not like to be the face just... of truth and going for the people, yet he's hiding maybe this really big dark secret of like, I'm not even attracted to women. I'm actually into men, and I've been paying off this guy to stay that's silent. True. He's been paying him off, so it's not just like yeah. a normal like, oh, we had a relationship. And Especially now it's over. when I feel like it's the head of any kind of political party. Like you're supposed to be honest and true, and you know the face yes, of virtue. You are supposed to be. Yeah. Let us all remember that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> we won't get into that political rant after this week. Um, uh, hmm. Okay, uh, so... <laughs> anyway, uh, so Andrew Newton, he's out there and says, I'm I'm keeping you safe from the Canadian hitman. Get in my car. And he's all like, okay, my dog is coming with us. Which, at first, Newton's all like, I'm really scared of dogs, but whatever. The dog's name is Rinka. It is a Great Dane, which is also very British. <laughs> They and it's in his tiny, tiny, tiny car. Right? right? <laughs> so they start driving out to Lord only knows where. Uh, he then starts, they get someplace, he goes someplace, leaves Scott and the dog in the car for an hour or so, comes back. Then they start driving back to Scott's house, which then he starts driving erratically. And then he, you know, gets out of the gets out of the car. He says, I'm feeling tired. You should start driving. Scott gets out, comes to the other side. He Newton takes out his gun and shoots the dog what? and says, "Now it's your turn." <laughs> okay. And he points the gun at Scott. What was the point of shooting the dog? 
I don't know, but that was the saddest part of the scandal. <laughs> the dog, Rinka, I just feel like, ate it. You know, if he wants to kill him, he can rehome the dog. Right? I mean, <laughs> he got his pony from an animal charity. The dog could have gone to an animal yeah, charity. Yeah, what happened to this pony? I guess by now the pony's, <sighs> the pony's gone. Okay. Maybe made into glue. That's <laughs> Maybe made into glue. really harsh. So, he shoots the dog. He says, now it's your turn. And But the pistol fails to fire multiple times. Newton jumps back in the in the car, drives away, leaving Scott and his dead or dying dog by the roadside. And a passing car passes them, and he relates his story. They then find that the car... Like, why did Newton take some, somebody else's car? They found him, like, within minutes. Being like, so why did you go and shoot this guy? Here's the thing. Newton never says why. He ends up taking two years of prison, um... But never rats out Thorpe. Uh, yeah, because he wants his money. Mm-hmm. And I guess to kill a dog is only two years in prison. So things continue. It's 1975. Uh, Thorpe is doing okay with the Liberal Party. Things, are though, are escalating. And he starts giving... Lots of money to Holmes to shut Scott up. He just wants to keep his job. They're giving way too much money. Uh, and in the long run of things, finally, a they come to an agreement where they'll give him this money, but the South African press start to say, nope, we think that there has been a conspiracy, especially after the dog shooting and this attempt on Scott's life, that Jeremy Thorpe had something to do with this. Mm. So it finally gets kind of in the media and it starts getting carried around till finally they build a trial off of it. They come to trial. It's a lot of he said, she said. There's some letters. Some things were lost in the suitcase that had his insurance card from years ago. And pretty much everybody that's in government was on the side of Thorpe because, well, he's a political figure. How could he do any wrong? Yeah. And so uh, in the long run of things, Thorpe ends up being acquitted of all charges that he never tried to take his life, that he never tried to... I mean, technically, she... Didn't or he didn't, like, but he incited it because yeah, from the yeah, like I from years saying. ago, <laughs> even the whole it's like shooting a you know a sick dog you know, which none of his friends fess up to until they start realizing that they can make money off of however the trial turns. So at first everybody's going no no no, Thorpe didn't do this Thorpe didn't do this, but then when they find out that oh if they give a really good testimony that the newspaper will pay them more money. Bess, like Bessel sells him out and it's all like oh yeah no he totally told me that he wanted to kill him it would be like killing a dead dog we met years ago about this we've been paying him and, <laughs> and so everybody's trying to like fall in and get money which though it came down to the judge saying nope 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 I don't believe any of you and everybody got let go and I think Scott is still alive oh. um, Thorpe passed away in December of 2014, so I think recently, and uh, yeah, not a very happy story. That's a sad story. 
So pretty much, but it kind of goes to show like if you have something big in your life that you have to share, which I think this goes for right now, I think the I am so happy that people are coming forward that have like mental stability <laughs> because I think this would have gone farther and have been something more. It's unfortunate that though how this young boy was brought up that he never tried yeah. to acquire anything. You could kind of just tell from his character. I believe that is true. Yeah. I totally believe that Jeremy Thorpe and Norman Scott have this relationship. But because he was somebody always trying to freeload off of somebody that no one believed him. It was the boy that cried wolf. You know, you just want somebody else to pay you off, bail you out. Yeah. What's going to do? And it was a revenge sentence, you know. Um, but yes, so that is my scandal. And the thing is, is everybody, everybody knows. Everybody knows Jeremy Thorpe has pretty much always denied it. He even wrote a book called In My Own Time where he said that it was all inaccurate and lies, but pretty much even his own party through time have gone like, we knew Jeremy was homosexual, you know, and like try to hide it. But the thing is, is like at the end of the day, the scandal is that he tried to kill him. He killed his dog. Yeah. Like nobody cares that and you no, had a relationship. Right. It was you were trying to kill him. <laughs> right. And then you try to cover it up and that the political like structure was yeah. so behind it, just covering it up the entire time. Yeah. So that's crazy. Um, yeah. So check out a very English scandal on Amazon. It's on Prime. All of you Prime account holders. Uh, it's a very good. Like I said, it is kind of has that feeling of like Fargo meets like a big Lebowski. Like there's a little bit of like comedy in it, but ultimately it's this very corrupt play of the scandal. Mm. So it's pretty good. And Hugh Grant's really good in it. I mean, Hugh Grant's good at everything. Right? <laughs> well, except he's had some scandals of his own in his life. I know. So we'll talk about those yeah. in a later date. Okay, your turn, your turn. Mine okay. was way too long. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, well, mine is crazy long. Okay, this so is just, this is guys, just, just a crazy hunker long down. If you need right now, Maybe press pause. Go and get yourself your tea. Well, I'm tempted to press pause because my mom is in town. I dropped her off at the mall because, you know, she's playing Pokemon at the mall while we record. And she just texted me to say that Taylor Swift is at the mall. <gasps> Shut the front door. Which we're going to the, or I'm going to the concert tonight. And she's like, my mom's like, oh yeah, I think that singer that you like is here. There's crazy stuff happening at the mall. That's so exciting. I'm tempted to go stalk her, but I guess we'll finish this episode for you. Guys, we love you that much. But I'm going to talk fast because maybe she'll still be there. <laughs> True. Okay, go. Okay, so here's this backstory. Is we just, we just did that episode on Harry and Meghan's wedding. Yeah. And if you... If you've been following our Instagram, you'll know that we have an upcoming special episode where we're doing a flashback to Will and Kate's wedding. Special episode coming up. Let me just—that is next, actually. Yes. <laughs> um, and I—and can I just say, I could talk about that for like twelve hours. I still we obsessively won't. follow. <laughs> no, we will. Anyway, <laughs> so then when we were talking about scandals, I was like, "Oh, it's a good scandal," and I was like, "You know what? We should probably talk about Charles and Camilla." Oh my gosh. Which, again, I could talk about for hours. But Please tell not. me you're going to talk about the tampon. No. 
we've already I will talk about the tampon at the end. the tampon. Um, <laughs> wait, I can't remember. When did that come up? I don't... Like, between us or when did they say it? No, like, between us, when did we talk about that? I feel like it was something that when we were deciding to do this podcast, that you were the one I was all like, yeah, we can talk about you know, romances and scandals and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, scandals, like, like, what would we talk about? And you're all like, the day that that Prince Charles told Camilla, I want to be a tampon so I can just, like, live inside you. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, my gosh. And I was all like, oh, vomit. No, thank you. I forgot about that. But, yeah. I can't forget that one. Well, there's just... Because that was the recording that got leaked out. Like, that was huge because he was still still married to Diana at that point. Oh, D. I'm so sorry. Okay, so this is actually, I mean, I guess you could consider it a happy scandal because they do. It's true. They're still together. Good now. So, anyway, so this is just for anyone who doesn't know the history. Can I put a pause on this for two seconds? How does the queen feel about Camilla now, 2018? I'm going to tell you that. Okay. Her, her views have changed over the last mm-hmm. 40 years. I, I know that for sure, but I'm just kind of been uh, curious. Yeah. So, okay. So they first meet in, like, 1970-71. People aren't really sure. Um, and they start dating. They become close friends, Charles and Camilla. So this is in the 70s. Um, they... They dated for a little while, and then they broke up because Charles went overseas for military duty. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, mixed feelings about, like, why they broke up. Um, some people say it's because Charles had decided he didn't want to get married till he was 30, and then he went overseas and didn't ask her to wait for him, which is probably part of it. Yeah. Um, some people say that, like, his great-uncle arranged for him to be sent overseas because they didn't want him to be with Camilla. And he wanted him to be engaged to his granddaughter. And then on the flip side, the queen mother wanted him to marry one of the Spencer daughters. Okay. And so it's like together they arranged for him to be sent away from Camilla. Um, And other people said that Camilla maybe actually didn't want to marry Charles. Because she did marry Andrew Parker Bowles. Right. um, Which she knew before she knew Charles. So she had like Mm kind of dated him off and off. Then she started dating Charles. And then, you know, back to him. So... But most people agree that even if he they had wanted to get married, they, the queen would have said no because they, people thought that Camilla would be an unsuitable wife for him. Um, which I'm not actually... I haven't really found out why people think that. Um, but apparently she was unsuitable. Maybe she was just um, a forward-thinking woman. Part of me thinks it's just because of her... Uh, grandmother that was having an affair with that king. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, then maybe that's why. Um, so, so anyway, so there's like some stuff about that. But <laughs> so what happens is, so Camilla gets married, um, and you know she's fine. So that's in like 1973. Right. She got married pretty soon after Charles went overseas. So in 77. Charles meets um, Diana, but she's only 16 at the time. So he actually was dating her older sister, Lady Sarah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they broke up, and he began dating Diana in 1980. So she's like 19 at that point. So Sarah actually was like, oh, I set him up with my sister, which is kind of weird, but whatever. So in 81, he proposes to Diana, and um, they get married. They have... 
William, they have Harry, you know, all is good for them. Uh, <laughs> so for but meanwhile, meanwhile so there's been some, like, things said. So, like, Princess Diana has said that on their honeymoon because like the story is that they didn't like rekindle their love until like after Harry was born but Princess Diana has said that on their honeymoon he had um a photo of Camilla in his diary which is like pretty weird um (laughs) and it's weird yeah it's weird that she saw it (laughs) yeah like she just so he was, like, very open about it. Um, they didn't really, like, supposedly they didn't really rekindle their affair until 86. So, but Diana, um, like, said that she always knew about, like, she, she even if there hadn't, like, been, like, having sex affair, there was, like, yeah. an emotional affair, you know. Um, so, yeah, so... So let me see. So there's like a lot of stuff that's happening. Um, Diana actually confronts Camilla at a party, and like like it's a party where Camilla's like with Charles, <gasps> and Diana goes up to her and says, "Camilla, I just want you to know that I know what's going on between you and Charles. I wasn't born yesterday." <laughs> yes. And then Camilla's. This is all, like, allegedly. Camilla yeah. says, well, you've got everything you ever wanted. You've got all the men in the world to fall in love with you, and you've got two b- beautiful children. What more do you want? And Diana says, I want my husband. Yeah, no <laughs> Which freaking joke. makes sense. So, um, so a couple years after that, so that was, like, in 89 when she confronts her. Mm-hmm. A couple years after that is when there's the Camilla Gate, is what they called yes. it, which is when, also known as Tampon Gate, because that's when the press gets private tapes of conversations between Charles and Camilla, which is when he says his quote about how he wishes he were a tampon so that he could stay inside her forever, which is disgusting. And I want you to know the quote that made me sold to make this podcast. Leah told me the tampon thing. And I was like, the the world needs (laughs) to know. So that's in like 1992. So the interesting thing is at that point... Um, the queen actually, like, told, uh, Diana and Charles to get divorced. Like, she wrote them a letter. So, let me think when, when, sorry, my timeline is up. So, oh wait, no, it was a little bit after that, because that was 92. In 94, there's an interview where, so they separated in 92, but they didn't get divorced, because, you know, well... Yeah, doesn't really divorce. So two years after that, ninety four, Charles on TV confesses that he to adultery and that Camilla is his mistress. Um, But he like is like trying to defend himself. He's like, well, I did what I could to stay faithful to Diana until it became clear that the marriage um, had broken down. So a year after that, Camilla and her husband announced their divorce, which like. Duh, the prince yeah. of England just said that he was sleeping with your wife. Of course, he's yeah, going to no want to get divorced. So they had already been living apart for a couple of years also. So like at this point, it's like everyone's still married, but Diana's not living with Charles. Camilla's not living with Andrew. Yeah. Um, so they got, um, they got divorced. And at that point, Diana also admits, because they haven't been living together for like three years, that yeah. she is having an affair 
Which, at this point, I'm like, is it an affair? Because you're, like, separated. But whatever. You're still married by law. Yeah. So, yeah. So, she's having an affair with a well-known polo player. Right. Um, and then she does an interview about Charles's affair with Camilla. And she says, there were three of us in the marriage, so it was a bit crowded. Oh. Um, so, but the funny thing is, this was, like, a secret interview. Like, secret from Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Um, so, she did that. So then, at that point, that's when the queen writes Charles and Diana letters and is like, hey, you guys need to get divorced. Like, this is getting ridiculous. Just get a divorce. Um, Exceptionally messy. Yeah. So, so anyway, so in 97, so at this point, it's like, they get divorced. Charles has said, like, that his relationship with Camilla is non-negotiable. Like, there's a lot of publicity about how bad it is like people people hate camilla because everyone loved diana yeah she was the people's princess right yeah so um she so she's like not really allowed to be like around the queen or you know because it's like even when you're dating it's like you don't really go see the queen unless you're like uh, approved um so it's like a big deal but Charles is like, no, like, this is not negotiable. I'm going to be with Camilla. So they're together, but then Princess Diana is killed the in the car accident. 97? Yeah, 97. So at that point, it's kind of like, like, Camilla had, like, started kind of making progress. People were kind of getting used to her being in Charles' life. But then Diana passes, so, um, you know, that kind of, like, pushes their relationship back. Obviously, Charles is there for his kids, and there's, like, the funeral or whatever. So, the William and Harry don't meet Camilla until, like, a year after Diana passes. So, like, in 98. Which is just, like, kind of weird anyway. Because, yeah. like, obviously, like, they were almost teenagers at that point. Or teenagers. So, like... Yeah, I think. They, well, yeah, because Harry was, like, 12. So, that's why I said yeah. almost teenager. But William was a teenager. He yeah. knew what was going on. So... In 99, they make their first public appearance together. So Camilla's sister was having a birthday party at the Ritz. And they, but they arrive at the event separately, but they leave together. So there's like all these journalists, um, and they're like taking pictures of them. And, you know, so that's kind of when it became like, that was, like, when it was switched from, like, this is a scandalous affair we're having to, like, okay, we're, like, in a relationship. Yeah. So, um, so it, in 2000, that's when Charles was turning 50, uh, there's a birthday party, and the queen is unwilling to acknowledge the relationship, so she doesn't go to the birthday party. Because she doesn't it. want to be in their presence. Oh, I love Elizabeth the Um. She's so wonderful. but there's also a 60th birthday for king constantine of greece okay that camilla has been invited to so the queen goes to that party people say that they think that that's like progress in her approving the relationship Mm -hmm. i'm like already that year she refused to go somewhere she's gonna be i think that just means she figures going to a king's birthday party is something she should do not that right she's like approving of them so then, the next year, in 2001, they kiss in public. In 2001? Yes. So, that is also, <laughs> like, 
people consider that. So, like, Camilla's, like, part of the National Osteoporosis Society, like, patron. Mm-hmm. she's a patron. So he went to that. So that was, like, him going to her event, and they kiss in public. So people are like, oh, this is, like, serious, you know. Yeah. In 2003, she moves into his house, Clarence House. So... But, like, at this point, the queen's still not talking to them. So No joke. Yeah. So, the next... So, two years later, 2005, they announced that they're engaged. So, this is when everything becomes kind of scandalous again. Because there's a lot of public controversy. People are really against it. People have hated her for years. There's also, like, political controversy because they're not supposed to get married in the Church of England. Because Church of England... Doesn't accept divorce, right? Well, in 2002, the Church of England has... So, the thing is, is you're not supposed to get divorced if one of the divorced people's spouses is still alive. Like, that's, like, the thing. It's kind of weird. In 2002, they decided that you could do that at the discretion of the clergy. So, who's ever performing it, it's, like, at their discretion discretion. However, Charles as being next in line for the throne will eventually be head of the Church of England. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why it was like even more like, well, can you do that? Cuz like so when Princess Anne got divorced and remarried, yeah. they remarried in the Church of Scotland because Church of Scotland like is okay with divorces and the the um queen isn't like head of the Church yeah. of Scotland. But what they ended up deciding to do was they just did a um, a civil ceremony. Um, so Prince William was the best man. So I guess he was, like, approving of his dad getting married. The Queen and Prince Philip did not attend the wedding ceremony. But they did go. There was, like, a special, like, prayer dedication at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle where Harry and Meghan just got married. Right. So they did go to that. So okay. that was, again, they were like, okay, they're like... Like, they didn't go to the ceremony, but they went to this, so they're, like, kind of approving it. Right. Um, so, in 2007, there's a memorial service for Diana's, ten, like, 10 years since Diana passed. Yeah. And she does not go, which I think was right. I think that's the yeah. right move. So, well. she released a statement. She said, I accepted and want to support... Um, support them. I think she means William and Harry. But on reflection, I believe my attendance could divert attention from the purpose of the occasion, which is to focus on the life and service of Diana. I'm grateful to my husband, William and Harry, for supporting my decision. So, that was pretty good of her. Um, Probably the classier move, but still. (laughs) Yeah. So, in... So, the next year, there's an interview, and somebody asks Prince Charles in the interview, like, Oh, so the other thing is, the queen gives Camilla the title of Duchess of Cornwall. So, like, (laughs) people, like, some people are like, oh, that means she's, like, kind of approving of it because she, like, gave her a title. But really, it's just because she didn't want her to be Princess of Wales like Diana. So, it's kind of still, I feel like, not approving. Um, But someone in an interview asks, like, will the Duchess of Cornwall become the Queen of England when you become the queen? And the prince, Prince Charles says, well, we'll see, won't we? That could be. So then on the royal website, they release something that says that, like, although she will be Charles's queen, her title will be princess consort. Like, she won't even be queen consort or whatever. Good. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. So, yeah. So, but, like, things are, like, getting okay, sort of. Like, when, when Will and Kate get married, um, there's, like, headlines because Kate goes out to dinner with 
Camilla and Camilla's daughter, so they're right. like, oh, you know, they're going to be... I mean, happy. at some point, the healing has to start. Yeah. I yeah. totally am for that, but I still... And I'm, I don't know if this is, like, interrupting your, your no, thoughts, no, no. but I just still... I'm not... I mean, Charles has lived too long. He definitely wants to be king for his few years of glory because his mom He's just keeps... almost 70. Right? <laughs> his mom just keeps on living. But I kind of just go like, yo, dude, you need to, like, step back. Your life was crazy. You did some crap. Like, the same thing with, like, with Thorpe. Like, you can't be the head of anything if you're hiding all these lies well, and scandals. The thing is, so I guess I don't really agree with that because... We've been looking back into some scandals of some old kings and stuff, yeah. and it's like, they're all screwed up. Oh, yeah. He just has the, the misfortune of having such a great mother, but like, no. and such a great son. But if you go back a few generations, they're all right. as Right, everybody's just so it's crazy. Like, eh. So it's fitting, I suppose. Yeah. So in 2012 um, is when the queen finally, like, officially sort of is okay with yeah. Camilla because they... She invites her to ride in a carriage with her during the Diamond Jubilee. So yep. that's like, considering 10 years before that, she would refuse to even be in the same room as her. That's like a big step. Yeah. Um, so and speak about a Jubilee. I'm still thinking about that. That could be another special yeah. episode. <laughs> so that's kind of like where it ends. Like now people are like okay, okay with, with her. Like she... She's, like, allowed to go to everything. I don't know. It's, like, people are okay with her now, I think. Right. Like, I think that, like, the British public, a lot of people now look at it as, like, it was a big scandal, and now people look at it as, like, less of a scandal and more of, like, a sad love story. Like, tragic love, because it's, like, they wanted to be together, and then they couldn't. And I'm, like, well... Right. They could have. I mean, granted, we're all thrilled that Charles married Diana. Diana was amazing. Yeah. What would we do without William and Harry? I know. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, just so funny to me how much it's like so cyclical because it was just right before, I mean, going back to, I mean, there's um, Elizabeth II. Her father gets the, the crown because her uncle, who is uh, Edward VIII decides to abdicate because he wants to marry the the actress right like whatever mm-hmm. her name was you know but it was the same thing it was a scandal that he can't do like without you know yeah. um but now we have that within just a couple of generations we're just to the next yeah and also like, it's like back to what it. do you really know about what's really going on because you think about it and like for example like when William got married when Harry got married Camilla's children with her first husband were invited to those weddings. And so, and then it makes me think like, well, you know, like when their parents got together, they were all still teenagers. Like maybe they do feel like they're siblings or, you know, and like, we don't know, like they probably get along great. (laughs) I mean, I know it's like all calmed down with like Charles and Camilla and I'm sure like it's good. I just I feel like I'm just always gonna hate Camilla. Like I even know, when, that's when it's the like thing. when it's we like talk unfair. about like, like when we're talking about Harry and Meghan's wedding, like, okay yeah, her hat sucked. Oh like it's we awful. all agree that her hat sucked. But I feel like had anyone else been wearing that hat, I would not have focused so much on how much it sucked. <laughs> but like since it was Camilla, I was like, why is Camilla's hat so freaking ugly? If I Diana know. was at that <laughs> wedding her hat would have been amazing. <laughs> so true. I don't know. Um 
I think it's just really because of the scandal and because Diana was a people person, you know, and she, she got, she focused on the right things at the right times yeah. that made her the people's, you know, and also, princess. She was quote. like so much younger. Like she was like younger, 18, 19. Charles was like 30. Beautiful, so it's like she was full young of and life. And like. Got behind the AIDS movement when it was like a huge deal yeah. in the late 80s, 90s. Um was just really an advocate where then you kind of just have Camilla, which just kind of seems like she was the sleazy mistress on the side. But. Who was also married, you know, and it just seems like. On the one hand, I kind of feel like, like Camilla's behind the scenes, been like patron of different things, but I feel like she couldn't, because she didn't really have approval from the queen, so she couldn't like go full force into all these charities the way that, like, Megan has done when she's married into the family and stuff. And then, like, and then also she she probably doesn't want to be seen as, like, trying to compete with Diana, you know? Like, like how she didn't go to the memorial service for Diana. It's like, she she doesn't want to be this, like, competing person. Well, maybe now the British people are, like, okay with having Charles as a king and, like, Camilla as even, you know, a princess yeah. uh, consort, consort because it gives a new face of the way, like, m- marriage and relationship is within the UK, you know? Like, it's okay. Like, not to say, like, it's okay that the royals get divorced or anything, but it's like you should marry and live your life yeah. with love. and like, like, nobody's freaking out that Megan has been divorced. Right. I mean, We're, there are sleazy, annoying news people that right. are, but for the most part. Right, you know, but that it's, that almost the British royalty have this level of forgiveness and things, and maybe, yeah. like, they want to encompass that, but... But I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, it's still, like, nice that Will and Kate are so perfect. I know. They'll be amazing. <laughs> but... But yeah, no, totally. But then you're just like waiting which one of their kids is going to have the scandal. Um, Charlotte's too cute. Charlotte is too cute for a scandal, but she's kind of sassy. She'll have a mini scandal. She'll have a mini scandal. George will never have a scandal. He's just like the most well-behaved boy ever. I guess like Louis, we, we don't really know. We don't know him yet. So you watch. It'll be Harry and Ma- uh, it'll be Harry and Megan's kids. Oh, I mean, I mean, Harry Harry was already the the bad boy, you know? Like, we could do, like, five episodes on Harry's scandals, and I think we should. But, um... (laughs) The Nazi costume. That's one of my favorites. My favorite is the naked dancing in Vegas. That was also a good one. Oh, Harry. (laughs) Why we love you. (laughs) We're not sure. Um, But, I don't know. Royal scandals. Yeah. They're just too good. Now I'm like sad. Like, we don't have one scheduled for a while again. And I already have, like, a lot of good ones. I know. That I want to talk about. Because Charles has a brother that's got some crazy scandals. I know, right? <sighs> but, okay. But we'll be back to that. So next time, a special episode on Will and Kate's wedding. So yeah, if you want to, like, in. watch watch it again like we are going to. Yeah. We're watching the wedding to get all our thoughts together. Not that I don't have it memorized. Because I'm going to tell you guys, it was so beautiful. when Will and Kate got married, I did wake up at 4 a.m. to watch it live. Harry and Meghan, I did not. So, you know, that just shows you my level of dedication. It's true. <laughs> they really had a beautiful wedding. Yeah. That was, like, amazingly epic. Stunning. So we'll, we'll yeah. get to it. So there's a little taster for next time. But anyways, guys, we're happy to make some of these excellent produce excellently produced episodes for you and listen to us next time yeah listen to us next time cheers cheers